Trailer Trash. Get into Geek, this is Trailer Trash, episode 10, a DC fandom spectacular podcast special something. Let's just keep talking about it and keep giving it names. My name is Mitch. Joining me, as always, for Trailer Trash, Emma. What's doing? Hello. Uh, not much, not much. Just hanging. Just hanging, just keeping on. Uh, yeah. were, you, were you somewhat, I mean, I know you are excited last week. You did uh, text me about the Batman trailer, but did you kind of like go, oh, shit, I'm going to I'm gonna have to talk to this guy for a long time about all this DC fandom stuff. So it's finally here. Thank you for actually answering the phone call and uh, you know Let's getting ready to talk some DC stuff with me. Let's do it. I feel like um, I'm I'm probably not the best person. Like I feel like you should bring Maddie or one of the other boys in on this, <laughs> but I will try my best. Uh, um, trust me, me uh, Maddie and a few of the other boys. We were we were heavy on the Facebook Messenger last week talking about all this sort of stuff. So they couldn't join us because of when we are having to record. But um, you know, I got a few I got a few thoughts that maybe I can uh, I can share. And uh, anyone that has listened to Get in a Geek for a long time, we have covered several DC films in the past. Uh, you would know, especially high pitch uh, both the tv and movies how he feels about live action dc over the past decade um but uh, even the others yeah it's a bit a bit more on the negative side but uh, they showed some positivity more so to do with the batman but uh, we are going to talk about a lot to do with dc fandom from last weekend we're not going to be able to cover it all because it was a 24 hour you know fan event uh so we're going to just talk about some of the big stuff there's some video games and then some of the bigger movies obviously that are on their way some we're not even getting much of a look at it's all concept sort of stuff but i would like to touch on it anyway is there any other place to start than the obvious, Emma, or do you have somewhere you would like to talk about first? I feel like you're going to say the Batman, and I'm happy to start there. Look, it was first on my notes, even though it was the last one that I rewatched before I come in to talk about this stuff with you, because I'm like, I've watched it so many times. I, if I'm going to run out of time to watch anything, I want it to be that, because I don't need to. But all right, let's talk about the Batman. From your secret friend... Play a game, just me and you. Any of this mean anything to you? Ah, yeah, okay. Um, maybe I should throw over to you because if I start talking about it, for better or worse, I might just not shut up. So, um, yeah. <laughs> we the Batman trailer come out and I actually took a, f- a few hours before I even got around to watching it. And in the meantime, I got a text from you saying, new Batman trailer, question mark, as if not to excite me too much in case I was driving. So um, <laughs> you got to watch it first. What did you think? Look, I was very pre- pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, when they first announced Robert Pattinson as Batman, I was not disappointed, but just kind of like, oh, this is just going to be another DC flop kind of thing mm. but then this trailer came out and yeah i i'm i'm very surprised it looks it looks very uh nolan-esque like reminiscent of the the original trilogy and i'm i'm down for that yeah um not to make maddie drive off the road listening to this but yeah it did, it did have that feeling i mean i feel like you know when you look at something like star wars long-term fans of the franchise are chasing that look and feel of the original trilogy. And we're never going to get that because people don't, they don't shoot movies like that anymore. So they're never going to look like that. They're never going to have that style or the pacing of the editing or, or anything like that. I feel the same is with Batman as well. Like you got a lot of OG live action Batman fans and let's put aside the Adam West um, live action Batman aside for a second and possibly ever when we're talking about this sort of stuff, as much as I love that as well. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are chasing that Tim Burton feel. You know, you oh, well, Michael Keaton's the best. He was the OG. That was dark, gothic Batman. Gotham itself was so unique in its style and its feel. You know, even when Schumacher took control and you had these giant, you know, Greek god statues surrounding Gotham and all that, as ridiculous as that might have been, it still felt like this very unique 
location and setting for this very unique uh, hero and, you know, a, a psychotic billionaire who dresses up as a bat, you know. Whereas, you know, that was some of their problem, I guess, with Nolan was that he was trying to ground it too much. Now, I, I love the Nolan films. I love the Burton films. I love the Nolan films. And they're very different. But you're right. I got that feeling, too, that it's a little bit more Nolan-esque in its feel. Now, that might just be because it's 15 years on from Batman Begins, but it had that... Batman Begins, even the color palette, much more similar to Batman yeah. Begins than even the Dark Knight. And for me, I, I go back and forth. I'm, I might even be more of a Batman Begins fan as far as the best of that trilogy than I am the Dark Knight. I know the Dark Knight's the easy one to go for, and you're not wrong if that's your favorite. But for me, I was so blown away by Batman Begins that I still look back at that as that's sort of the feeling of that trilogy and the the real inner detail sort of stuff that we saw of even more so than the character but the way that that guy became Batman and the more I thought about this after watching it the first time 10th time or whatever I thought this and Matt Reeves has come out the director and said this is Batman year two he has been Batman already for a little while we whether we see an origin story or his mum and the pearls falling off her neck for the umpteenth time I, I don't really care people blow up about it I don't care if I see this version of that but we are seeing batman year two where batman begins was batman year one or year zero so you could almost see how those movies if you just took about aside that gary oldman is commissioner gordon into jeffrey wright or something that they could fit in the way that batman's presence in the city and his relationship with the police and all that but beyond that and the feeling of the grounded sort of stuff the just the darkness of the story and that begins before we even see one frame from the film we get the Warner Brothers logo and I think the DC logo to the sound of gaffer tape being ripped off a roll and boom, yeah. we open it up like it's something out of, I don't know, seven or something. And we see some guy standing over a seemingly dead body and he's taping up this guy's head and it's like, fucking hell, this is already setting a monstrous tone and tonal shift than what you might have been used to from the DC films going forward or even the Nolan films as well that had elements of darkness in there, but they weren't willing to sort of even push it to this icky feeling, you know, this scary shot of this guy with this mask and these goggles and he's duct taping a guy's head together. Yeah, I think that's kind of what takes it back to like that Nolan franchise. It's like when, you know, the Joker came out and, and like that whole film mm were like so blown away by just how intense it was how dark it was yeah i think i think we're gonna see a bit more of that in this one hopefully yeah and looking at my notes for the trailer and and we talk about darkness um we probably can't avoid talking about it at all. Uh, the eyeshadow, um, which I know got a lot of chatter online this week, and people were saying that it was kind of ridiculous. I did see one article, and I can't even remember what website it was, but they were saying that this already is making that element of a live-action Batman less ridiculous and it's actually making a point of saying that that's what he does because clearly Batman any actor that's playing Batman once he has the cowl on he's wearing black makeup around his eyes because we see more than just his eyeballs and there's that moment in Batman Returns when Bruce Wayne goes to rip the Batman mask off his head and as he sticks his fingers up and puts his fingers underneath the cowl it cuts back to Catwoman or Christopher Walken or something and then it cuts back to him and he's still got his fingers underneath the mask but you can tell that it's a different shot because all of a sudden he's went from having these really black eyes to suddenly seeing skin behind the mask around the eyes so when he rips it off he doesn't look ridiculous having black makeup around his eyes and so I like that in this we get more shots of him without his cowl on, arguably, than we do with it on. And in every shot, he's got the eyeshadow around. And I just think that adds more to the fact that this guy is... He's crazy. Like we, We've never really established that side of it. You know, Michael Keaton was sort of a a dark, recluse billionaire. Like, no, he was a man of mystery. The person that was at his house, that... that um, Knox, was it Knox or whatever the guy's was uh, name that um, that was there with Kim Basinger in the first film, the journo, he uh, he didn't even know what Bruce Wayne looked like. He was talking to Bruce Wayne for five minutes before he even realized that, from what we know, Bruce Wayne is the richest man in the DC universe, as far as I know, like in these live action films. We haven't met someone else. So how does he not know who he is? Whereas Christian Bale's Batman, much more of a playboy. He's out there. He's really worked on that three-person persona of Batman, Bruce Wayne, the orphan, dark, you know, sad orphan, and the rich billionaire public sort of persona. So I like that this is really delving into the fact that this is a very depressed man who is arguably psychotic, who dresses up as a bat to beat up you know, criminals and mentally ill people. And I think that eyeshadow already 
it's doing much more service to that side of the character. You might not like that when you watch it. He's he's probably going to be more of a vigilante in this film than he is a hero, uh, or at least a, a hero in the superhero sense. But I think if we're going to tell a different side of Batman stories, this is probably what we need, is to see that real dark nature. And you go, oh, shit, I... You know, this, we're we're a long way from just the you know the bright blue spandex and all that sort of thing. Like, you know, is he? You know, where's that borderline? You know, hero vigilante line. Where does it really sit? And where do where do, where do I feel? How do I feel about that? Yeah, I mean, well, he is a vigilante. At the end of the day, that's, mm. he, he is. A, I know people. Yeah, try and pass him off as like this hero. He, you know, he doesn't kill anybody. It's like he might not kill people, but in that trailer, he's beating the crap out of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was one issue that uh, High Pitch Matty did have. He said he didn't like how unrefined he was. He's like, my Batman doesn't need more than two or three punches to get a guy down. And, and that's we, so unrealistic. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I get what he means is that you get like, say, someone actually put side to side. There's a shot from Batman v Superman of, uh, and it's a real close up, and you're essentially beside the camera's beside the head of the thug that Ben Affleck's yeah. Batman is just whooping, just hand right up in the air, and a full sort of motion coming down and smacking him three or four times. And they put that next to Robert Pattinson's Batman, that same shot from the trailer, and it's a lot more, it's a, it's a lot uglier. And that, and even though it's not the same Batman, not the same universe, and all that, some the the Twitter comment said, "Wow, twenty years really refines that punch or something." And I, I like that. That too, because I mean, my argument with Maddie, and I wish he was here to discuss it, because my point to him was, I I don't mind seeing, yeah, something a little bit uglier. Like even though he is year two, and if whether or not they're going to delve into this Bruce Wayne having been trained by Rachel Ghoul, like Christian Bale's Batman was, or is he self-trained like? I guess Michael Keaton's Batman was because they never indicated anything to do with Rachel Ghoul or anything like that. So is he self-taught? And if that's the case, then. I'm assuming. I mean, we're seeing the the costume itself is very, it's ugly in a way. Like if you see it in in behind the scenes yep. shots, the the gauntlets. Uh, I, like I don't like. I actually was a wor- worried that I was not going to like the suit, but seeing it in live action in a trailer in that cinematography, and I'm like, I can see how this would work. And I have no doubt that that and the Batmobile at the end of the film oh. or at the start of the next film, he's going to keep upgrading because that's what Batman does. But yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I like that too. I like that it's unrefined, that it is unrealistic, that it could be maybe one or two punches. He might get to that stage, but I don't mind that we have to go through the journey of his development like we did in Batman Begins. I liked seeing him having to order from China 10,000 versions of his cowl just so that it would look like a business deal that he could, you know, like that he we were showing how he becomes Batman. And I like that we're going to see how this guy becomes Batman because for my love, all my love of the film, Superman the movie, Christopher Reeve, we don't get any development. He goes from Clark Kent, he goes to the Fortress of Solitude, or goes to the Arctic, throws a crystal into the ice, it turns into this giant Kryptonian fortress, he goes in, plays a video of his dad talking, and then it sort of swirls a little bit. All of a sudden, it's 10 to 15 years later, He's dressed in a Superman suit. The music kicks in and he flies away and he's in Metropolis, the next yeah. scene. And it's like, hang on, what happened there? Like there's so many people that complain about Man of Steel and how, hang on, he killed a guy at the end and why doesn't he do this and how come he doesn't know how to take off properly? And I'm like, well, that that whole movie is essentially in the middle of those two scenes in Superman the movie for me. I'm like, I want to see how he gets more refined of these superpowers. Yeah. And then that's what I'm hoping for this film is that we get this ugly nature of this vigilante, this angry young man, and how he becomes a more refined hero. I'm hoping that's what we're going to get. Maybe it's going to be darker than that. I don't know. Like you said, though, it's I want to see that aging of of the character. I want to see that arc mm. more than more than because I mean, how many Batman films have we had in the past twenty years? You know, it's yeah, it's been kind a while. Of, <laughs> at some point, you're just telling the same story. Yeah. Over again. So yeah, that that bit, the bits in between, that's that's the meaty bit that, mm. that I think everybody really wants. And I think too the the parallels that we will hopefully get between the actual character of of Batman and this yeah this young vigilante into maybe a hero, a more refined hero or whatnot. Hopefully, still within Dark World is what we we get hints of in this trailer, but what Matt Reeves has told us between what. Gotham is going to be like and they are going to make I don't know if you've heard of this they're actually going to make a prequel TV series to this film Um, I don't know what it's going to be called like we've already had the Gotham TV show which was 
I mean, you know, it was centered around Jim Gordon as an up and comer in the in the Gotham City Police Department, and about the corruption in the city and within the police department itself. This is what this new show is going to focus on. I don't know whether it's actually going to be called the GCPD or Gotham City Police Department, but it's more about the actual policing of Gotham City and how corrupt it is. And that's what he wants to be the underbelly of, of well, more so the start of this film, but I guess the, the thread is how corrupt this city is and how it goes from becoming a story about the mob and corrupt police into something a little bit more fantastical where these villains are arising essentially. And we get a glimpse, not that you would even know that it's him unless you read about it, but that, that we get the penguin in here that's Colin yep. Farrell, unrecognizable. And I, I'm hoping he's going to represent that because he is, I think, I think we know that at this stage that he is a mobster. Uh, he is some kind of, you know, gang lord or whatever, uh, old school godfather type. And he's going to go from being this very real you know, mob guy into a more fantastical comic book villain. And maybe we're going to leave behind all the mob and then, you know, come the next film or at the end of this film, we're going to get the rise of people like the Joker and and other grounded villains. Maybe in a couple of movies' time, they introduce the more fantastical Mr. Freezes of the world or something. I don't know. But I'm interested to see how, yeah, the parallels of the Bruce Wayne story go alongside the actual story of the city itself and the idea that already at this stage they're talking about this prequel TV series. Like, I just, I find, and Matt Reeves is helping to develop that as well. So I find that really fascinating considering they've already done, yeah, that Gotham TV show. And do you involve Jeffrey Wright in a limited series TV show? I hope so. Uh, I don't think Robert Pattinson's going to show up as Batman, even though it's about Batman Year One. He's going to be there. But, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, I'm I'm just I'm very excited. As you can tell, can you tell? I can tell, yeah. <laughs> no, is this does this exist in the same universe as Joaquin Phoenix's Joker? Is that No. Um the the WB had said uh this week, uh either at fandom or post fandom that they're looking at this as another Elseworlds story or that they've got you know, the the Joker Joker, not the Joker, but Joker opened up the world to them where it you know, even me, I I I lo- I mean, I lo- I've never spoken to you about that film, but I really liked it and I think I liked it more after watching it than I did even watching it. It was just something that just really played in my mind. But I didn't want a story about the Joker and about who the Joker is and why the Joker is. I I want more of a Heath Ledger Joker. I wanna not know who he is. You know, with my first Joker was Jack Nicholson and he was he was a mobster, and we very, very much saw how he became what he was. But yeah. that was my first introduction, so I kind of, I'm all that's forgiven. I'm, I'm, I like more the classic Joker of not knowing who this guy is. I don't want to know his name or why he is the way that he is. But yeah. I really liked what Joker was. You know, as much as it was within that DC world, it was very separate to it as well. It existed on its own. So I think it's going to remain by itself, whether they ever make a sequel to that or not. And I think this, the Batman, is separate itself. Uh, Matt Reeves, I think, has said that he wants to use the Joker in the next couple of films. Maybe he's a bit player in number two and really rise up in three, or maybe just pepper him in every now and again in a couple of different movies. I'm not too sure, but I think it will be a new Joker. And they've already said, obviously, it's it's adjacent to the main DCEU of, of your Batflex and your Henry Cavill Man of Steels and all that sort of thing. So potentially uh, we're getting three Jokers, um, which is a comic series that's only out this week. So that's kind of, um, that's that's really matter. But um, we're going to have, yeah, whoever he introduces in the Batman franchise, we're going to have your Jared Leto, even though we may never see him again in that franchise or maybe recasted. And uh, then we're going to have Joaquin Phoenix as well. So I think audiences that we're starting to catch up to the idea of not everything is like the MCU where everything is connected. Um, that you can have a, I, I like the idea that we can have a DCEU and also have the Batman, and that we're going to have in the same year Ben Affleck reprise his role in Zack Snyder's Justice League cut, and then the next year come back in the Flash. But in the middle of that, we're going to have the Batman with Robert Pattinson, and it's going to be two completely different Batman yeah. in very different tonal universes. That's a lot of Batmans. It's a lot of Batmans. Uh, I don't care. I love the Batmans. <laughs> but you're right. Like you, you do run the risk of just telling the same story over and over again. But um, you know, at the same time, I'm like, oh, tell it a little differently. Oh, maybe they'll get this element right next time because 
you know, we're always chasing whatever our favorite version of Batman is. And my favorite's different to yours. It's different to Maddie's. It's different to the guy on the streets. And, you know, we all might get our favorite Batman told at one point, but it's not going to be the same as everybody else. So I know this is ticking a lot of boxes with the idea of being a detective story, this one, uh, even though we see a lot more of the crime than we do of the solving of it uh, in this trailer. But um, I like the idea that that's a story being presented to us, that it's going to be the Riddler in a very darker Riddler sense rather than the Jim Carrey Riddler, which I do love. I love Jim Carrey and I love that film because I saw it when I was nine years old and it was amazing uh, back then. But um, we're going to get something a little bit a little bit darker to suit this film. It was very like, I don't know if you've played the Arkham games, but the the little, I don't, in the in the card that they open up and it's got the little glyphs down the bottom, mm. I was like, I know that. <laughs> 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 I mean, I've only ever played, surprise, surprise, the first. I own all four, uh, but I've only ever played the first one. And the, the most Riddler I've ever come across is like the random question marks that you find around the joint um, that you got to collect along the way. So, you know, one day I'll finish all them off and uh, I'll understand that a little bit more. But uh, um, Catwoman as well shows up. We've got uh, Zoe Kravitz, who I was so excited to see her cast. I think she's like perfect casting for this sort of, you know, this very... I don't know. It's a little bit unassuming. She's very quiet in the way that she plays a lot of her roles. She's just sort of, she's, you know, she's beautiful. And so she's very, she stands out a lot in that sense. But just the way, I think she's very subtle in a lot of her performances. A lot of the ones I've watched recently and something like A Big Little Lies or something where it's a lot of, it's a lot of emoting. It's a lot of acting, but not so much speaking in a sense. And I just like the idea that as a, a physical performance like that and the story that that character is trying to tell, give her a character like Catwoman, who is also very physical, but in a very different way, and uh, and put her in this sort of world. And in Matt Reeves' hands, and I know I've said it before, whether or not it's to you or not, but I loved so much what he did with the Planet of the Apes franchise. Something like such a ridiculous concept and he made it, you know, believable and emotional, and 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 got you invested as a as a viewer to give him the keys to the Batman playground and say, yeah, do all that, you know, with the same sort of stuff, you know, with with these toys and just and just see what happens. So yeah, her her involved as well, and all these other great actors and great characters in this film, and the idea that this trailer too. I was going to say this trailer just makes me feel warm and fuzzy about the movie. They haven't even finished shooting this film, but the idea that they can put together a trailer like this. And they haven't even finished the film. Apparently, it's only 25% of the film or it's only 25% of what they have shot. You know, like it's not a story trailer. It's a very much a teaser. But I think to be able to craft this out of only what you've got to use, I think is is it's only a good sign of what's to come, I hope. Yeah, very impressive. I have to circle back to the, the Batmobile because that I was super excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. It looked like something out of Mad Max. I'm, yeah. I'm 100% into Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's where I thought a lot of people might have been lost because, you know, it's like, oh, you can get. No, well, just when they first released the picture of him in the suit, but he was very much a silhouette. And then you had this, like, you know, 70s or 80s, like, muscle car type thing. And I'm like, oh, man. You know, there was a big stretch when you left behind the Tim Burton and even to a lesser extent, Val Kilmer and George Clooney Batmobiles, like that classic long, you know, yeah. single seat car that had a rocket at the back into the the big, you know, tank Hummer of the Christian Bale films. And then, you know, uh, Ben Affleck's Batman was a, a slimmed down version of the Bale one. And then I'm like, okay, they're going to go a little bit more classic. What are they going to do? And it's like, no, here's a real car that's just got some like, I don't know, spoilers in the back or something and a rocket. It's like, uh, okay. But then someone I saw pointed out that this is similar to, I think, a 1970s run of Batman or something at one point that whether or not it was an origin story, it was just like, hey, this is the Batmobile at the moment. Yeah. So I'm glad I'm glad you're a fan that, that like in particular you wanted to, to mention that because uh, I thought that might have lost people. But what do you love so much about it? It just, it looks like, honestly, it looks like it's something from Mad Max, like the, the big front, like grill thingy on the on it and mm. yeah it's cool I'm, I'm i'm digging it because like at the end of the day it's gonna be like the the delorean you know people will actually be able to build this and drive it on the streets you're right actually i didn't think about that like it's a far more practical thing for them to get out to uh even you know premieres and things like that you know i know that they said that the nolan films actually built that Batmobile, it might not have been practical, but they built the thing because so much of that movie was, you know, made for real. And uh, the idea, this is just, yeah, it's it's a very workable 
cast. You've got to think the stunts and the uh, whether or not we get any chase scenes, we get an indication of something in the trailer, uh, are going to be that much more reach-out-and-touch-it style because we're dealing with real practical cars and we don't have to believe that, yeah, there's this giant tank driving on rooftops and crushing police cars and all that sort of thing from the Nolan films. One thing, that I'm not disappointed that we don't get it because I had to remind myself that we don't have a finished film to be able to strip footage from to make a trailer. We do hear his voice in Alfred, in Andy Circus, oh. but the idea that we don't get to even see him a little bit, um, although only re-watching this trailer before I walked in here, I didn't realise we don't actually really see... We don't really see Robert Pattinson, short of what one shot where there's like a car accident in front of him. We don't even really see that it's him in this film. We get to see Batman a lot. And we get to see his eyes as Bruce yeah. Wayne behind a uh, balaclava or whatever, but we don't actually get to see it's Robert Pattinson until that final you know, emo shot at the end. So I would have you know, loved to have seen what Andy Serkis looks like as, uh, as Alfred, but I guess maybe he's even just done this voiceover to include something in the trailer that he hasn't actually shot a frame of this because he's been busy directing Venom 2. I don't know where he would have found time to duck over to England and play this side role as of yet. So um, I'm, I'm just really excited to see him because I love him. Obviously, they've worked together in the Apes franchise, but just him, that's what that says about what kind of a different take they're going to give to the character of Alfred as well. Yeah, I love Andy Serkis. Everything he does is pretty great. And just have his normal accent, you know, back, hopefully, a little bit a little bit more of his normal accent anyway. So, uh, not... It's got to be nice to see him in person rather than like a CGI monkey or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as great as he is. I mean, maybe Batman on a couple of films will take on like Killer Croc or something or some kind of like giant monstrous villain and they'll go, Andy, Andy. Go on, mate. Strap strap on the bubbles again in the green suit. Get out. Go on. Hey, you mongrel. I know you love it. <laughs> All right. I could honestly talk about the Batman for, I don't know, the next couple of days, Emma, but we've got to wrap it up at some stage. Um, the biggest one, I, I, I want to say the biggest one, the biggest one going into this is the next one I think we should talk about. Can we talk about Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League? Yeah, I know you've been dying for this one. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, I was up until the weekend. And then, like I said, once Batman came, I, I honestly forgot there was anything else happening. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of want to play it. Maybe, you know, in post, I might just insert it under some soothing music, a nice new 2020, I assume, rendition of uh, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Um, which is a bit of fun, you know, because it's that song, and whether it's overused or not, whatever. Um, whether you think about it being Zack Snyder, the fact that he used it in a pretty key scene in Watchmen back in, what, 2007 or nine, wherever it came along. And then there's this side of it where you're like, is he saying, is that a bit of shade? Is it like, hallelujah, my cut of this film is finally here. You don't have to put up with that Joss Whedon crap anymore. Fans rejoice. Hallelujah. This movie's finally coming. Which version of it did you believe? Is this some shade or is this just a nice coincidence? I mean, I wouldn't put it past him to throw a little bit of shade. I can't, I can't imagine that it was a very pleasant uh, separation when he left and Joss Whedon came on. It's mm. like, you know, and now he's returning. You've got to have a little bit of ego about that. Yeah, especially when, like, you know, the, the, the studio seemed to want to distance themselves as much as possible uh, from him, from his version of things. We're, you know, we're, we're making other films that have got nothing to do with this universe. We're slowly going to phase out the actors. Batfleck's gone and all that sort of stuff. Henry Cavill's, we're not calling him about future Superman movies. And then the way things have progressed and, you know, there's still going to be the haters of Zack Snyder and the people that just just don't like, no particular hate, but don't like uh, his movies in this series. But we're getting this and it's just going to HBO Max. So it's Warner Brothers, but not at the same time. And then it's, it's Justice League, but it's not at the same time. So... Uh, yeah, I, 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 it's funny with using that song though because like there's no dialogue next to no dialogue in this entire trailer, so it's just the song about Hallelujah. But I guess from the get go, it's it was just about really making a statement that this is his, and I want to say that nothing in this trailer, no footage, was any footage that we saw in the theatrical cut. Uh, we're going to get that, obviously, because he did shoot some, you know, a lot of the movie. And then Joss Whedon, you know, did some reshoots. He wrote some other new scenes. Zack Snyder has come out and said nothing of Joss's original work, nothing of the new stuff that he wrote post Zack leaving the film will be used in his cut. It'll be all of his stuff and updated stuff. And he might, you know, cut some of his old gear, but it's, everything's going to be his. So everything I want to say that we saw in this 
is stuff that was cut from the from the Joss Whedon version. So if anything, yeah. it's just excited you know fans. It's like concept art in a way. It's just still shot, cut to black, still shot, cut to black, and you know get excited because Dark Side's there and a bunch of other stuff that we never saw in the other film. You know, just this is it. This is another wedding of the appetite, even though we don't know when the movie's coming. Yeah, I mean. Like like I said, I never actually finished Justice League. I think that probably doesn't really excite you. No, uh, no, so I'm, I'm with you. That. I mean, I finished it, but I've never rewatched it. And every time yeah. I think like I'm going to go rewatch it, I'm like, no, I'll, I'll do it later. I'll do another, I'll do it another time. I don't need to see it again, but I didn't hate it at the same time. It was such a, yeah, it was what it was. Yeah, so I, I didn't know your uh, your fact there about how all of the the footage from the trailer is all unseen um so far mm. uh, but not knowing that and like going into that and watching the trailer it kind of just played off to me as like someone's cinematography reel like director <laughs> show reel kind of thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. like none of these things are like cohesive mm. it's just a bunch of different images of a dump like a bunch of different people and it's really cool it looks really cool but I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And it's weird because it's not, it wasn't an official, you know, con. There was no physical panels. There was no crowd there and all that sort of stuff. The interaction between the filmmakers and the actors and the fans and all that sort of stuff. I actually forget that it was, I guess it's, it would have otherwise been designed to be a con trailer. And, you know, a lot of those Comic-Con and other such release trailers are made for that audience and that particular convention, and then it just gets online anyway. So with the Batman as well, like you know, like we were saying, that they've only shot 25% of the film or that this is only 25% of what they have shot. So it's not designed to be a proper teaser trailer. It's just something for the fans that were going to be watching it online over the weekend. But for all intents and purposes, it was the first teaser trailer. And it sort of kind of coherently worked for like a bit of a teaser of the story. I hadn't thought of it the way that you put it, but it probably does, yeah, much more seem like a uh, a, a bit of a, a, a showreel uh, of somebody because it's just, yeah, fun. Like even like someone who does visual effects or something, it's like, here's this guy that I created. Oh, that's Darkseid. I was playing in my basement for a little while. How good am I? And like that is the first thing we see because he was completely cut from the Joss Whedon film, they obviously spoke about him a bit and he was going to be coming up in a, in the next film that was quite clearly never going to be made. But, um, uh, you know, we see him at the start to say, no, no, this is very much my cut, but the special effects don't look, you know, the visual effects don't look that great. And I know they're giving Zack Snyder a lot of money to finish the film, but I'm wondering whether, like this trailer, the finished film is going to be something that audiences just kind of have to accept that well, this is just, we're letting this guy finish his movie. We're giving him $40 million to do it or whatever they're doing. And we're going to release it on a streaming service as if it is this big event. But it's kind of like a director's cut 20 years on from the theatrical cut. And we're just sort of letting it happen. And if if you know what it is, you know what it is. But otherwise, it's not to be taken as the film. You know, I'm wondering whether we're going to get those sort of, you know, that, that dark side stuff or any other big special effects stuff that would otherwise cost a shit ton of money that Zack Snyder now has to be really sparing with. And we're just going to watch it and go, oh, that looks like something from the early 2000s. But you know what? I know the backstory, so I'm just going to accept it and we're just going to have to be fine with it, I guess. It's going to be a real interesting experiment in the way that a movie is made and presented to an audience. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you might know more more about it than than anybody, really, <laughs> that I know anyway. Ooh, but no. um, I mean, is is there a high demand for this film? Like, have audiences kind of been pushing studios to be like, we want this cut? Like, what what's the motivation behind kind of funding this? Yeah, well, I know, like, you're on the socials. You're on, you know, you and I mates on Facebook and Instagram, but you're not on Twitter, I would imagine. You tweet like it was probably more on that. Like you know, that's I, I still love Twitter. I know a lot of people like you know they jumped on when it happened, but then Instagram came along and it's like all right, see your status only and no pictures. And I think for a lot of the reasons people have jumped off in the last couple of years, it brought me back in like American politics and films and all that sort of stuff. And really, for the longest time, it was like 
anti-Donald Trump and anti-democratic stuff, that whole US politics sort of war and the Zack Snyder push uh, for the cut was probably what was keeping me interested in, in Twitter for a long time because there was this hashtag, release the Snyder cut forever. And it's just something that his, yeah, his fans, you know, I think even before the Joss Whedon thing, like when trailers came out for that, people were probably screaming for it early, but especially after the movie uh, came out, people were unhappy that, you know, I mean, one, I don't know if you ever knew this, but Warner Brothers, because they were just, you know, trying to please a committee almost and tick a lot of boxes for audiences. I don't know at what stage of the top, what level of hierarchy, but they said to Joss Whedon, this movie needs to be under two hours. It needs to yeah. be under two hours. And like they said, Zack Snyder's like original, you know, if you went by the script, it was going to be like four and a half hours long. And he was hoping to cut it down to three or maybe just under three. Well, yeah. then Joss Whedon had to come along, strip a shit ton of Zack's gear out, reshoot some stuff, rewrite some stuff, and then give them a film that was less than two hours. And I think it honestly runs like 30 seconds less than that deadline. Uh, which is kind of crazy that you give such a mammoth film like this and a culmination of a few other films and an introduction of all these other new characters and say that it has to be a two-hour thing. But it didn't take long for that movement to start. And then it just became this big thing, like I think, you know, 2018 Comic-Con. So you're looking at seven or eight months after the, the theatrical cut had come out and there was a lot of support for it. And then even Zack Snyder got involved too because when he left initially, it was at the same time that unfortunately his daughter had died um, by suicide and so it became a, a way of raising funds for suicide prevention and helplines and all that sort of stuff so Zack Snyder was it was a good way for him to promote yeah I would like to finish my movie but hey let's do something that I'm really passionate about for you know all the worst reasons behind it anyway great that he's a part of it but you know why he's had to be invested in it sort of thing and so yeah. I don't exactly know how that raised money but it was a big way for people to raise money like release the starter cut and then it just got louder and louder and louder and it was never going to be something that was ever going to happen. They were never going to release. Why would they ever put their hands up to the fans around the world and go, yep, we made a mistake? Yeah. I mean, one, they made that call because enough people clearly hate it. Well, a bit iffy about Man of Steel. Really didn't like Batman v Superman. Didn't like Suicide Squad, which carried on the tones and all that sort of stuff and was setting up other stuff for Justice League. And people just went, you know what? Screw this. We don't want this. They're, they're calling for Zack Snyder's firing. Get him off the franchise. He's ruining our characters. But it got loud enough that what are we, what, late last year, early this year? I don't even know when... I can't, the whole 2020 is such a blur. I can't even remember when it was. Probably earlier this year, when they come out and they said, "Yep, we're gonna we're gonna do it, and it's gonna be a HBO Max thing." You know, they're all their streaming service, which we're gonna. I I guess we're gonna get it on binge here in Australia. Maybe a Foxtel special. I can't imagine how else we're gonna get it delivered to us because that's the equivalent of um of HBO Max. We're getting a lot of that content uh, here in Australia um via those channels. But they, it got really really loud. Yeah, that people. Wanted even it just became like one of those movements where they're like at you know twelve thirty on Saturday afternoon, whatever that works out to be worldwide. Everyone for an hour tweet storm just hashtag release the Snyder cut, and then even the actors like Ben Affleck got involved, Gal Gadot got involved, um, Ray Fisher who plays Cyborg was really passionate about it, Jason Momoa for Aquaman really really passionate about it as well, and Henry Cavill like all the actors supported him, and so when you got those guys and all the fans, and I think that Warner Brothers obviously just thought, well look, it might cost us forty million dollars, but you you know what? We've got this streaming service come out. It's going to get, you know, a couple of people signing up to us and giving us subscriptions. So it's probably going to be worth it for them, even just for the hype and interest alone. Um, I'm going to have those streaming services by the time this movie comes out. But if I didn't, I would sure as shit be signing up just to see it. I mean, I don't know. Like you say, you don't finish you didn't finish Justice League and you know I know you've you've we haven't really had big discussions but you've had you know your problems certainly with Batman v Superman I'm sure and even though he had less to do with Suicide Squad but that and maybe even Man of Steel as well would yeah. you just purely from a filmmaking point of view and interest would you like to see a different take on a film that you've already seen and not like if it was handled by the original director just to see how different it could be part of me wants to like actually sit down and, and kind of watch the original and then watch his version and yeah. see like what differences, whether or not he can kind of shine this turd, but um, 
then the other part of me is like, that's a lot of time to yeah. waste. <laughs> Potentially wasted. It's funny that you say the, the shining of the turd thing because I know I hinted at it in our last one of our last uh, Trailer Trash apps that uh, when we did the Justice League uh, review podcast, which you can check out on the channel from you know late 2017, uh, Brendan and uh, Maddie, who were not big Snyder fans and what he'd done with uh, the films so far, I think it was, you know, and, and Maddie, who's a massive uh, Joss Whedon fan, he sort of, they mentioned it and I remember Brendan sort of took a breath and he goes, well, he can polish a turd. And mm-hmm. saying that, that that Joss Whedon had picked up what Zack Snyder had done, I guess, to the film, but more so to the franchise overall, put his Joss Whedon-ness on it and it was enjoyable enough. Because it was certainly a tonal shift, you know, it was, it was more, not to say Marvel just to go, oh, it's either black or it's white, but it was that more you know, sort of comic relief every, you know, couple of minutes and a little bit brighter and obviously a lot shorter, a lot punchier and wasn't quite the the dread and dreary gloom and doom stuff of his first uh, couple of films in the franchise. So I I think that's where my my interest really lies too, is just seeing a different cut of of that film. And it, it is potentially wasted, like you said, because I had really wanted to rewatch I mean, Sand Man of Steel a bunch of times. I've only ever seen BVS, I think twice. It was both at the theatres. Um, so never since then, four and a half years on. But to rewatch at least Batman vs Superman, see those threads that he was setting up into Justice League, then watch the theatrical cut, and then watch this trailer when it debuted so I could see, oh, I can see where what he's leaving behind from the theatrical cut and I can see what he's picking up from BVS and how this is naturally going to pay off that film. Um, surprisingly, I didn't get time to do any of that except for watch this trailer, but I'm glad I didn't because that would have been wasted time because this was, like you said, this was a showreel. It wasn't really a trailer, so I'm glad I, I would have got nothing out of it having rewatched those old films, but... Um, yeah, I just think that the filmmaker, you know, wannabe in me just wants to see a different cut of a um, of the same film, even though it's not technically a different director, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, even just to look at, say, Ben Affleck's back catalogue, when he did Daredevil, the first Daredevil, the theatrical Daredevil, not a great movie, but then I watched a couple of years later, whenever they released it, the Daredevil director's cut. And you're like, oh, well, the director did the first one. What's the difference? Um, and they added half an hour. There's a whole other subplot and a sh- so much more shit makes sense and has a payoff that it actually became a, a it was alright. It was a pretty good little movie. Um, wasn't great by today's standards of even superhero films, but it was so much better than the theatrical cut. So I Maybe it's a bit like the the Richard Donner Superman even. He made Superman and then got fired from Superman 2. And then 30 years later, they let him release his cut of Superman 2. Um, so that's kind of what I'll, I'm, I'm hoping for. I mean, I might be hoping for a lot uh, and not going to get any of it. But um, And differently too, I don't know if you saw this, it's actually going to be released uh, in four parts, in four one-hour blocks. Again, it's like keeping that money. Why are you going to pay for a subscription for a, a free week's trial and watch yeah. the movie and never again? They'd rather keep you on for a month so you have to pay. And um, we're going to get it in, yeah, four different uh, four different blocks. And then they're going to also release it as a full film. So I'm not sure how that, you know, three cliffhanger endings type thing is going to work. And then also it just magically work within a film. But that's apparently yeah. what he's going to do. So he's going to get his full four-hour cut to do it. That's Oh, okay. <laughs> so you, so what were you saying about wasted time, Emma? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not going to have four hours in. Do you have an hour a week or four hours a month? What have you got? I don't know. I... <laughs> yeah, <maybe above. laughs> uh, you know what? Here I was thinking, God, I wish I had, you know, like, because you're, you're never going to be negative with Maddie. That's what we need him here for. But you're definitely <laughs> having the other side of the coin for me here, which is great. And hey, I'm not saying I'm right and you're certainly not wrong. So that's good. Um, but yeah, like, I'd like to talk about it more, but like, you're right. There is, there wasn't much to, to go off. It's just like, hey, the Snyder Cut's happening if you like it. Thank you for your support. And if you don't, well, then suck it. It's happening anyway, and you don't have to subscribe. So here we go. We're going to get it sometime in 2021. We don't even know what yet, but sometime in 2021, we're going to get four hour-long episodes of Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League. Brace yourself. I'm going to leave that up for you to watch, and then you can report back to me. Oh, okay. I'm going to do the work, am I? Okay, great. Okay, (laughs) we'll do that. Look, something else we were very excited about at the end of last year when we did our last trailer trash of 2019 and all those movies are still relevant like we've been talking about. 
Wonder Woman 1984. I know I ranted and raved about that trailer. Probably a lot to do with the um, Blue Monday um, cover that they did and they put underneath. I think it's very hard to create a bad trailer uh, when you have a cool song to cut it to. Um, so I'll go to you first with this one. But the, the new cut Wonder Woman 1984 trailer, we're apparently only a month and a half, two months away from this movie coming out. What did you think about this second look? Um... You know, it's a bit. You get a bit more uh, of the story, I think. Um, with is it Kristen Wiig's character, mm. Cheetah? Yeah. Um, is it? That's the first look that you get of her, right? Uh, in the ch- actual Cheetah form, yeah, definitely. They haven't even released like stills or anything. There's probably toys out there that have ruined it to some description, but uh, I'd managed to keep away from it. But as far as a official look from the um, from the studio, yeah. Yeah. What, what did What did you think? What did you think of that one? Uh, Cheetah. Um. Yeah, I mean, definitely looks unfinished. Um, so I'm hoping that there's a bit more work to go into. I mean, there was a shot at the end where she sort of lands after jumping at, at Wonder Woman, and she lands and does you know the sort of you know the almost the superhero landing, superhero landing. Um, yeah. And it, the face didn't even look like Kristen Wiig. Yet in a later shot in the same fight, I mean, I'm talking like a five ten second montage. It did, but I mean, they used a shot and a close up where it doesn't even look like the actor that the CGI is supposed to be. Uh, imitating so uh, yeah I'm, I'm just hoping that yeah that's unfinished but we had to get a look again it's a con trailer we've got to show them something um, yeah. but yeah I, I was a bit underwhelmed by it as well I, I mean she arguably looked better when it was just her you know wearing some sexy makeup in a leather jacket that had sort of like you know feline spikes popping out of the shoulder or something you know launching herself to, uh, into Wonder Woman um, through the air but um, yeah a little bit a little bit funny at this stage yeah like I'm not gonna lie, when it when it kind of first came on the screen, I was like, "Oh, this is this is cats. Like this is bad." Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing I thought of, and I was like, "Oh, I really hope this is unfinished." Yeah. Uh, can I actually recommend uh, after we record, you go and check out the Batman trailer with cats music? Um, it's it. Someone has edited that. It's 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 actually a bit of fun. So um, yeah, <laughs> but thankfully that yeah, that's not that's not what we're getting here. Hopefully, because you're right, it just it just looked weird. Which you know, at least then that was a you know kind of arguably supposed to be cats, and that's why it was weird. Whereas here, it's like, well, it's a you know, a catish woman or a womanish cat. Like it should work a lot more, but it still doesn't have that. I don't know, maybe separation in our minds. Maybe as humans, we can't quite tell the difference between what this is supposed to be and what Cats was. We're just going to go, nah, same bucket. You're all in there. It's all gross. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like you said, hopefully this is just like, you know, a very early version of it. There's still a lot of work to do. Fingers mm. crossed. Well, um, even, even with that, I guess, is that to me, this didn't feel like, I mean, you go to the official Warner Brothers YouTube channel and they call this um, the official main trailer, which is generally okay. what you get after the teaser. And apparently what we got last year was the teaser. I mean, even though we get hints of what the story would and could be, you know, you're right, we didn't get Cheetah last year. We don't really find out what uh, the other bad guy, Maxwell Lord's up to. Um, you know, Chris Pine's back. How? Doesn't matter. He's coming back. You know, it's all a teaser. Whereas this one is supposed to be the first full trailer. To me, it felt like... It felt like kind of what it is as far as a timeline thing goes. If if we're getting this movie at the end of October or who knows when it's going to come out really, um, but if that's when we're supposed to be getting it, we're talking about you know six to eight weeks away. That's usually when you get that final trailer, maybe even a month out, you get that final trailer where they just show you stuff you've already seen before. Because for me, yeah. I'm like, I don't... If I'm watching this as the first official trailer, not in a theatre because a lot of people aren't going... And I don't know what Cheetah is or who she is. All of a sudden, I'm seeing Kristen Wiig, and then she's angry at Wonder Woman, and then she's a cat. And it's like, what? Um, yeah. And the Maxwell Lord, it's like, oh, they've got a relationship. They've got something going on. Um, now, if you think about the idea of how she turns into a cat, and you've got Maxwell Lord's character going, I can give you what you want. In both trailers, you're going to put two and two together. But as far as a trailer itself, and I think the length too, it didn't feel like it was that long. So to me, it actually felt like a, a final trailer in the way that it was cut up to tell the, the narrative story of the film. But then you get that unfinished CGI of, uh, of Cheetah to really make it look like a first trailer that's, you know, don't worry, we've still got six to eight months of work to go on the computer so it was a bit of a mixed bag for me maybe it was just because we were missing a fun 80s song i don't know 
Maybe, maybe that's what they need, just a, just a fun song. So maybe don't use cats. If someone out there can like redo this to some other kind of like modern day synth version of some cool 80s song and then just resend it to me, maybe I'll like it a lot better. I don't know. I'm keen to see Kristen Wiig is a bad guy. I think that's going to be an interesting uh, take on like her normal stereotypical characters. Yeah. Yeah, because we get that look at the first, you know, 30 seconds of the uh, teaser trailer you know, her talking about always being a failure in relationships, she does really seem like the Kristen Wiig, Kristen Wiig. Um, whereas this, yeah, I, w- I would love to see her, you know, play this role in a in a bigger film. You know, I know she's done plenty of dramatic stuff and a lot of lot smaller films and whatnot before, but I, I just, unfortunately, I haven't seen them. So it'll be interesting to see her in a more mainstream film, you know, take on, take on this sort of role. And, you know, I trust Patty Jenkins, you know. I mean, um, I, I thought the first movie was great. Everyone is a bit funny about the the third act i can understand where they're coming from but for me it's like ah whatever the first you know two thirds were so much fun you know i can sort of forgive that so i sort of trust her judgment even though it does seem like so i don't know against type to be playing this sort of role but um yeah it it doesn't change my excitement i'm not i didn't love this trailer as much as i love the teaser but it certainly doesn't change my excitement for the movie because like i said i love the first one i love the first trailer um so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go see this as soon as I can, and hopefully shit's calmed down a bit so we can all get out to the theater and see it. We're not gonna have to choose between you know doing it or waiting six months until it hits Blu-ray. Yeah, I think this will definitely be one that you want to watch in cinema. Yeah. Uh, look, another one. We can't really spo- speak about this one too much because we get very little. But while you said about the Zack Snyder thing uh, being a cinematographer's like showreel almost, Black Adam, it was just a concept art trailer because they haven't even started filming this. They very proudly said, "Yet yeah, we're coming out December 2021. This is hitting theaters." And they've been essentially working on this movie for ten years, I think, since The Rock actually signed onto it. Um, but you know, it's the antithesis uh, i guess of the shazam film which i still haven't seen shazam it's on netflix it's been on netflix for a year but i still haven't seen shazam but we get the black adam version of it um the rock has said that he really kind of wants it to be an anti-hero come you know villain turn anti-hero which i would love still for someone to actually have the balls to make a villain movie stay a villain other than the joker but someone like on a much more big you know power scale sort of thing that we have to follow um but yeah as far as the little sort of gear that we get um, how do, how do you feel about this? Did you see Shazam, and do you get those similar sort of vibes? I did see uh, I did see Shazam. Um, I was there that night when you did at the premiere. You were there, and then you left. <laughs> oh, I did, didn't I? Yeah, I introduced it. When how good this gonna be, guys? Just drove home as fast as I could. I don't even know why. Actually, I remember that. Actually, no, I stuck around for five minutes. I stuck it around long enough to steal. I think a bag of chips or the free popcorn that we had on every seat. And uh, I then I went down and grabbed another one. And I'm like, I'm just going to sit down for five minutes. So it doesn't look like I'm peeking out on free food. And then I'm going to go. Um, yeah, right. Okay. So it was good, I hope, <laughs> considering I introduced it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, it was it was a fun, like, kind of family film. It was about a little kid that can be a superhero. So, you know, I feel like it's very targeted to young kids. Um, this, however is kind of almost the opposite mm. <laughs> which i find really interesting yeah well, maybe it's a, like you said it would it did it did scream that in the trailers especially shazam and if i'd seen the film i would have been able to say for sure but like it did say hey look you know we've got a lot of kids in the cast so this can be you know a modern day m-rated even superhero film but one that's going to be more okay for the for you know you to you to take your kids to and so that might even be something i can do sit down with i've got a seven-year-old nearly eight-year-old he'd be fine to see that um and actually finally watch it but maybe it's like hey the rock the most bankable star in the world right now arguably um certainly one of the biggest that hey we'll stick him in people will just go and see anything he's in if you're into that sort of thing and um we'll drag them into the shazam world that they might have laughed off because it looked too kid friendly um even if we don't get a lot of great tie-ins you know there might just be enough there that the fans can see and you know, like I, I love in the concept art we get, you know, the the ancient stuff, and you know they're like, oh, I, was, I don't even know where, what period it's coming from, essentially, but they're talking about five thousand years ago. But that story about who he was and rising from the ranks, and then you know being imprisoned and coming back, and sort of coming back with a vengeance and all that, and and hopefully what it means, I guess, for you know the the franchise ongoing. If he's been signed onto this role for ten years, I kind of want the Rock to stick around. I mean, he's getting to his late forties, but. I don't see him slowing down anytime soon, you know, so I want him to stick around long enough to, you know, maybe inject himself into the other DC films that we don't really know what 
is going to be of them? <laughs> are they going to be in the Zack Snyder universe? They're all going to be individual films. Is it just going to be Shazam? But um, yeah, yeah, it was like a, it was a cool little look. You know, it was, it was nothing, but it was it was kind of fun. Yeah, I feel like it's the same thing with Kristen Wiig. Like it would just be nice to see him not be that stereotypical character that mm. he is. Yeah, I think that's where I think that's where I don't want it to be that anti here. I'd love it to be a, a more of a villain thing. Like it'd be fine if in another movie or two he would get to be, you know, an anti hero. Same as I guess with Venom. Like I loved Venom as a Spider Man bad guy, and you know I played video games when I was a kid where he teamed up with Spidey to take on Carnage or whatever, and that that kind of character can grow to be more of an anti hero with a darker edge. But I didn't want that to be his introduction to the big screen. I want Venom to be a bad guy. In a Spider-Man, I mean, that wasn't his introduction, sorry. Kind of was, because whatever he was in Spider-Man 3 was a pile of shit. Um, but Venom in all of his gargantuan size and all that sort of thing. So uh, maybe it'll be the same sort of thing as a little bit of villainy at the start, and then it's like anti-hero sort of stuff. And yeah, you're right. I would like to see The Rock play play a bad guy to you know someone else in the even if he was in the main role to play uh, play something but anyway we'll see we'll see what happens hopefully it's even on target to uh to hit next december to shy away from the the, the screen sort of stuff we'll just uh, wrap up really quick with uh two looks that we got at the uh video game uh side of things which you would even question why i'm interested in this considering i don't game uh very much i've got all the games and i have all the consoles but don't play anything uh but we get a quick look at uh gotham knights and suicide squad kill the justice league are you even into this sort of stuff did you play the batman arkham games or spider-man like are you even into superhero type games emma or are you um are you much more intelligent and you shy away from that sort of stuff <laughs> what are you trying to say well, I, don't know. I don't know i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a man child who like give me batman give me spider-man i can feel like those characters and that's all i need to play for like i don't know five years you know i don't need anything else whereas you like to experiment a little bit you know you've got these giant worlds that you need to explore and you know a last of us or something where you get a lot of walking a lot of talking a lot of thinking to do or something like i don't know i'm just i'm just putting shit on myself and elevating you above me stop it stop it um <laughs> no i love the batman games i really really enjoyed them i played them all so Gotham Knights is they've said it's it's I'm trying because I don't know you know people gamers get angry at me because I don't know what what but so Batman Origins was the third game to come out it was essentially a prequel story to Batman Arkham Asylum but it wasn't made by the same company uh, as far as I know so is it is it um I want to say Rocksteady, but I don't even know whether Rocksteady made Origins or they made the other ones. But as far as I know is that uh, you had Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, the sequel. Origins was essentially set before it, but made by a different company. I don't even think Kevin Conroy did the voice for Batman on that one or something. Or maybe it wasn't Mark Hamill as the Joker, whoever it was. None of the voices were the same. And then they had Arkham Knight. Uh, which was a proper sequel to City and was the fourth game in the Arkham series, third one from that particular company. This one, though, is not Gotham Knights, is not a sequel to the Arkham series, but I believe is made by the same people who made Arkham Origins, but it tells its, like, its own story where Batman, as it says in the trailer, Batman is dead and his whole Bat family have to come along and basically to save the city in his absence. Uh, as someone who spent a lot of time playing these Batman games as Batman, do you want to see a Batman-esque game with no Batman and no possibility of playing him and to, to explore those other characters? I think, yeah, it would be a nice change. It's like, you know, the the Arkham games were they were fun, don't get me wrong, but they were kind of same-same after a while. Yep. So I think switching it up a bit and having... I, I mean, I don't know, do you get to play as all different characters? As far as I know, that that will be the case. Yeah, I don't know whether you're going to be able to switch between them, and you know, I mean, when we record this, we're you know days away from um, the Avengers game coming out, and in the in the sort of you know gameplay preview for about 15 minutes, I think it ran for the video that they released a few months ago. It seemed to indicate that you could change who you were playing as like midway through a scene, like during an action piece. It might it might make you do that, but you would be able to go from being Black Widow into being Iron Man or something like that and back into Thor or something. So whether or not it's going to be that or you're going to be able to pick who you want to play per mission, I, I'm not sure, but you are going to be able to play as Nightwing, as Robin, as Batgirl and as Red Hood, which will be kind of cool because a lot of fan favorites there and everyone's going to have their their own pick about those who they want to play. Um, so 
that will be fun. And the other side of it is the the court of ours, which as far as a bad guy, as far as a story in the comics and, and all that sort of stuff, I don't know a lot about, but the idea that those bad guys, to my belief, haven't been covered in the Arkham game so far and that they are such a a cool, even if they're young, they're rich sort of ba- bad guy or group of bad guys within um, within the Batman mythology. So at least we are getting, if we're getting something fresh, we're not getting Batman, but we're getting these other characters and we're getting a fresh bad guy to work with is um, is probably a probably a good thing, I guess. Yeah, uh, that shot of like all those like coffins, I don't even know what yeah. they were. It just it was like steampunk matrix or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thought is that like in in that with the court of ours, you know, if you're going to become a talon, you know, like one of their assassins, I think you have to again, comic people are going to murder me, but you know, I'm going by stuff that I don't know about. You have to die and then almost have to come back to be able to become one of their assassins. And there is a thought that Bruce Wayne is going to be someone that uh-huh. has been brought back and he will be someone that will go against his own Bat family. So maybe at the end of this, they save him and Batman comes back to life and the sequel to Gotham Knights, you will be able to play as Batman and the rest. But um, yeah, it's cool. it was a cool little story. I know that Maddie, um, High Pitch Maddie, had said this would be a cool concept for a film where you don't know about it, but you go in and Batman dies in the opening act and then it's all about the rest of the family having to pick up the pieces and and try and save the city uh the other one we're not getting it until 2022 gotham knights comes out in 2021 but 2022 suicide squad kill the justice league i don't know what you thought about the film but everyone what everyone loved about it if they loved only one thing was the chemistry between them and that's where the strengths of it lie and then you get that in the film too which we didn't talk about the behind the scenes of uh the suicide squad with that uh, with james gunn's film but there wasn't a lot to go by because it was just sort of making up sort of stuff but that's all we see in this. This looks like it's going to be a fun ride with these characters. And, oh, by the way, they're taking on the Justice League and an evil Superman. Yeah, it looks, it looks so much fun. Um, like the banter and everything between the characters is, yeah, um, I think it's going to be a lot of a lot of fun to play. Yeah, and like for this trailer, most of it is like, you know, the, the cutscenes almost. It's like, oh, so we're going to get a lot of that in the movie because I want to, I want to, I just want to watch these guys in an animated form just talk to each other. I don't even need to play as them. But, uh, you know, the idea that we can, Cats and Boomerang looks like you can transport with these boomerangs or whatever. Harley Quinn's just says smash and shit. You can be Killer Shark. Like, hopefully you can play as all these characters like as in Gotham Knights. And being 2022, it's only going to be a new platform. It's only going to be a PS5, whereas these other ones might, you know, go back and forth between a four and a five or different Xbox um, platforms and all that sort of stuff. So, anyway plenty to get excited about if you're a dc fan and even if you're not there's plenty of stuff coming your way that you're gonna to have to deal with so uh <laughs> however you sit whether you're an emma and you don't want to waste some time with justice league or you're like me and you're just giddy about it at all because you're a stupid little child um we get a we get a big 12 months 18 months coming up ahead of us so thank you for helping me uh dissect it all today emma i know we've both got to go to our real jobs um as yeah. sucky as they need to be but uh we're gonna get you back on the next episode there'll be more fun i know uh shortly we're gonna have a new james bond trailer and uh i know you and i both got our historical love for that franchise for different reasons so i'll be very keen to see what you think about that trailer uh hopefully on the next episode Sounds good, man. All right, we'll uh, catch you back next time. In the meantime, you can check out all of our old podcasts, movie reviews. If you want to go back to Justice League and see what we thought uh, on your uh, SoundCloud and iTunes, get into geek channels. Uh, Otherwise, we'll catch you back next week for more Get Into Geek. Get Into Geek.